All right, let's do this. How are you? What the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck nicks? What the fuck topians? What's happening? How are you? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. All right, so on the show, on the show, on the show today, I got a Maz Jabrani for a little chat about his new special, Maz Jabrani Immigrant. And then after that, we've got the long one with uh, Rory Scovel about his new special called Rory Scovel Tries Stand-Up for the First Time. But before that, before them, before those, I was very sad about Sam Shepard dying. It hit me when I saw it come up on the news feed. Sam Shepard dies. Horrible disease. That ALS. I just... But Sam Shepard is gone. You know, these guys of his generation, you know, my heroes, many of our heroes, I mean, I'm 53. You know, they're they're going. And it's not like I've been up to speed. It's not like I've been keeping up. But I always like knowing they're here, you know. I like I, you know, when they die, I'm like, oh, then that guy's not here. It's not that I'm thinking about him every day. But Sam Shepard's not here. Sam Shepard. That guy blew my fucking mind. I was trying to wrap my brain around Sam Shepard for a decade or two. I was in high school. This, I was working at this bagel place across from the college. This dude, Judson, Judson Fraundorf, hell of a name, was doing a production in this kind of like weird beat up theater space of Tooth of Crime. Now, I don't remember if he was in it. I know this painter, I think his name was Ray Abeta, played Crow, the the woman I lost my virginity to. She was in it. She was a waitress at the place. Um, Cheryl, I remember that. But I just remember going to this theater with all these college kids in this arty fucking space and that play, which is nearly incomprehensible sort of a sci-fi rock and roll uh i don't know it's a mixture of you know com- you know like fighting and charts and uh, chart makers and rock i it was i i still don't know i don't know i've never gone back to read it but i remember seeing it and just having that moment where i'm like what the fuck is going on they're all talking and i don't understand any of it but it's cool it's cool as shit. The language is fucking amazing. Everybody seems kind of fucked up and groovy. And it's like it means something. It's got to mean something. This all means something. It's so far out of my wheelhouse as a teenager. But it just was one of those portals, man. Was one of those portals into like, oh, God, there's something out there. Something big. And then, you know, you kind of lean into it. You get the seven plays book. Try to read La Terista, Barry Child. Try to read those early plays. They're just rich and dense. And Sam Shepard blew my mind. I was obsessed. Then he shows up in the right stuff. And you're like, that's Sam Shepard. Not only is he a cool fucking kind of drug, rock, cowboy, fucking hipster genius. He can act like an astronaut. Or a test pilot. Who, beca- who became an astronaut on his own. Yeah, that scene where Chuck Yeager like, pushes that new plane out 
and hits it just barely got out to almost out of the atmosphere and into orbit he was like fuck you i can drive my own plane into space you assholes got a stick of beamins yeah man sam shepherd i did that failed monologue for yale from a sam shepherd play i don't remember what it was from angel city or something i just love seeing him he was so cool so solid on screen in those plays just spent like it feels like a lifetime just trying to break into some of those early plays i saw barry child on broadway gary sinise's production terry kenny and i tell a story about it that was the night such an intense heavy play and there's that scene where the character walk comes in with all the corn he picked and uh, the night i was there you know he drops the corn and one of the corns just rolled all the way down stage right to the lip of the stage and it was a powerful moment because two things happened there was that you know incomprehensible tableau of everybody in the room and he walks in with the corn and you're like what the fuck is going on and in the meantime he's slowly being upstaged by a rolling ear of corn well like the the corn was like i'm gonna riff corn the corn riffed and Buried Child on Broadway. It didn't last so long. It was a beautiful production. But it's just one of those things, man. It's just like, I know, I, I, I gotta, you just gotta deal now with a shepherdless earth. With a Sam shepherdless earth. And a shepherdless earth in a lot of ways. Let's read into it. Let's, let's keep rolling with the metaphor. Right? Maz Jabrani has been on this show several times. I like Maz a lot. And uh, he's got a new comedy special out. And he said, can I come on and talk about it? And I said, yeah. And we had some pretty relevant stuff to talk about. He's Iranian. He's been doing some stuff on stage about uh, Trump's policies. And it was good. I I wanted to talk to him and I'm glad he came by. His new special, uh, Maz Jabrani, Immigrant, is now streaming on Netflix. And this is... uh, a little shorty with me and Maz. So I saw you at the comedy store the other night, and um, so you're doing some stuff about uh, being uh, Iranian, yeah, Persian. I've always talked about no, that. No, 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 but I mean just in, in relation to the new president. Yeah. Uh, and, and I was wondering because, you know, you do this thing about the, you know, the cousin, the shitty cousin. Yeah, yeah. Now who you throw under the bus in yeah. a second. Yeah, he's the real problem. I'm Majid. A, yeah. Majid. I, yeah. Does that guy really exist? He exists. And I don't, and if you listen to the language of it, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not throwing him on the bus. I'm actually saying, because in the, in the middle of it, I go, because what, what I try to do is, because here's the thing. A yeah. lot of people, I'm guessing a lot of Trump supporters and the sort, they hear Muslim, Islam, all this stuff. And they right. just, they go, oh, you're all trying to bring Sharia law to America. I don't know what they think, dude. They just don't like brown people of they any just kind. Don't like brown people. It's crazy. And <laughs> yeah. so then I'm trying to indicate that look, I am I was born in a Muslim country, but I'm not really religious. No, and, right. And I so I just say I'm Muslimish and then but then I go one step further and I try to indicate that there is this guy named Majid who yeah. really exists, yeah. who is a Muslim and he yeah. prays five times a day yeah. and he fasts during yeah. Ramadan yeah. and he's the sweetest guy in the world. Right. But in the joke I go, yeah, Well, take you know, he's gotta for, go. He's gotta go. <laughs> yeah, and, okay, the, and then I go, guy. I didn't say it. Trump said it. He's gotta go. Um so yeah. Yeah, so poor Majid. Yeah, but I but I like the I I think it's interesting though to you, you know because they're the, I think the bigger 
idea that a lot of them hold on to is there's no such thing as moderate Muslims. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, when I, as I've known you and I hear you talk and, you know, I've known you for a few years now, there are such things as, as Muslims that just nah, kind of give half a shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, know, it's absolutely. Like, it's like religion's not part of my life. Not at all. Exactly. And it's more like a cultural, like, right, uh, yeah. right. You go to weddings, you yeah. go to the holiday thing, yeah. you go eat the feast once in a while. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, that's it. That's enough. That's it. Exactly. And it's like, and it's, and it's interesting because the reason I started really specifically saying that I'm not really religious is because I also didn't want people from the Muslim side to come see me and have I have a tequila in my hand and they're going well, you know why are you drinking why you know if you're Muslim you shouldn't be drinking alcohol is that happen no no it's not not quite that far I mean I've, I just I feel like I've done events that have been clean and mean, meaning like really religious right and I've I've felt a little awkward there because I feel like there's some jokes I can't even do because like for example I do a joke with a joke I do now where I say I'm Muslimish and I go and then I go. Uh, the only time I pray is if I'm almost in an accident. And then I just go, "Oh Jesus!" And and and, and you you don't feel like you can do that joke in front of a fully Muslim crowd, like you know what I'm saying? Like I'm actually I supposed, don't know what you're well, saying. Well, no, I'm supposed to do like there's like, like a, you're saying like if I were performing for Hasidim, exactly. And if, I was doing like oh, who doesn't eat a little pork? Yeah, exactly, uh-huh. exactly. I think I just think that there's some. But it's not like you'd be punished. You just I would it wouldn't pun- go over well. It wouldn't go over well. I think I, didn't, I don't think they'd laugh. You know, I used to do a joke. This actually, I did this. There was some Muslim festival. That, that, I think I, they would laugh at that one. But that, but that, that's the thing. It's the, the young guy, the young people tend to laugh. But then there's always you always feel like there's a big group be, but, judging you. But this is the interesting thing about like you know being a non-religious, ethnically Jewish person is yeah. that yeah I'm never going to be in a situation where you know I'm performing for a crowd, even if it's a Jewish crowd, where I'm like. Too many Hasidim here. Yeah. You know, like they're, they're, I guess that the line is a little different. Like, you know, there's a, a whole spectrum of Jews. Yeah. You know, you got Hasidim, you got uh, Orthodox, you got uh, ultra Orthodox, and you got conservative, you got uh, uh, the reform. But like, you know, once you get to conservative, it's all just sort of like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of Jewish. But, but we don't, there's never this situation. Where it's like these guys and those guys. Well, yeah, but see, that's the thing. The difference is, I mean, I, I agree. Like a lot of the shows I do, my audiences tend to be mixed. There's yeah. Once in a while, there's a couple of religious folks, but usually they're all very uh, secular or even if they're religious, they're yeah. not hardcore. Right. But I've been hired before. Like I got hired to do some like Muslim fest in a, a, a few years ago. Yeah. And Here? I uh, it was in Toronto. Oh, okay. And it was a thing. Actually, I'm, I'm supposed to go back again. And, and when I did that one, just simple jokes that, for example, like in Islam, if you convert out of Islam, yeah. like that's one of the worst things, right? right? And so there was a joke I used to do about how when you have a when you have a a, tot, a, a, a newborn, you try to sing her. I was trying to sing my baby to sleep, and she wouldn't fall asleep. Right. And at one point, I'm just going, Lord Jesus Christ, please put her to sleep. And then I go, I'm not even Christian. Jesus put her to sleep. And then yeah. I go, the first God that puts her to sleep, I'll convert. <laughs> now that. That's a joke that normally gets a laugh there, but in that audience, uh, the first guy that puts sleep, I'll convert. I I, I feel it. I feel the gasp. Oh, like what? Oh, oh my god! Convert? Did he just say convert? Like you know? Yeah. So that and I don't know. Again, maybe you know how comedians are. We're like, oh my god, I just got what judged happened? by uh, you know half the crowd. Yeah. Well, no, I know that feeling, but I just think it's interesting because in Toronto, there's like from what I understand, there's a there's friction. And here, I guess, but I think the the thing that fascinates me is that there's a lot of people that come from a lot of Muslim countries that just want to be American. Yeah. 
and it's not it's not you know it's religious freedom is one thing and they they should have that but ultimately they're like look i you know i I, i'm just you know we we do the dinners absolutely (laughs) you know what i mean no absolutely and that's why like i mean i i try to make a point now when i even in my act a lot of times i say immigrants love america there's a reason why we can we we're fleeing that country like when i was a kid and i came to america in late 78 we don't want sharia law here that's why we left that's why we left that's why we left we fled the revolution we come yeah. here then the hostage crisis happens and yeah. then they're blaming me for taking hostages no i don't know that guy i don't yeah, know that yeah, guy. That guy that's why we left that's why we, i left we would have been hostages we would have been killed yeah. whatever i'm on your side <laughs> yeah so but let me ask you though like in relation to these these uh limited bands that they've uh, established has there been any effect on people you know or relatives that you have uh, in yeah, Iran? Yeah, I actually, I have a, well, not in Iran, I have a, I have a relative right now who's sick and in the hospital in America. Yeah. And then I have uh, an aunt who wanted to come and see her. Where is and she? She's in London. She's a British citizen, but she's visited Iran. So she got put on this list. Now the list, by the way, the history goes back to when, when the San Bernardino attacks yeah. happened. Um, there was uh, uh, Congress passed a law that took this. It was a visa waiver that existed before. That said, if you have a British passport, you come, you land, you come in. Mm-hmm. But Congress suddenly put uh, I don't know thirty some odd forty countries on a list saying that there's a, that they don't get the visa waiver if you if you if are you, if that your passport stamped with those countries. If yeah, you, if yeah. you've visited those countries in the past five years, you got to go get a visa. So when my aunt wants to come, she's got a British passport. She wants to come from England yeah. to America. Um, she needs to get a special visa because she had been in Iran in the past five years just visiting relatives and the yeah. sort. So, yeah, I got affected directly. Now, that was something that was done under the Obama administration, and that's an argument that a lot of Trump supporters make. They go, when you go, hey, this Muslim ban, this you know travel ban is stupid. Well, they go, well, these, these countries were put on the list from Obama. And then I go, well, then my answer to you is, then why didn't you correct it? Why don't you really look at the countries where there's terrorists coming in right. from and correct that? Because a lot of Iranians that come here, I, I can't believe you've had that thoughtful a conversation with Trump supporters. No, I, I think about it. <laughs> I don't tell. Ma- I don't, yeah. you're, you're making up a conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. maybe you guys should do a little of work and, yeah. and correct it. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, well, I I, I like the, the new material. Like I saw the other night, and uh, it it just it's sort of just the approach to it is sort of like what do you what it's not. What are you doing? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, that's that's that, that, listen. That's what's so uh, the, the, the it 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 is so confusing to me is that these people, like you just said, a lot of the people who buy the buy the Kool Aid, the Trump Kool Aid, yeah, really don't. Um, they really don't. They, there's no logic there. They don't step back and go. Well, it's very black and white. Very black and white. Mm-hmm. Get out of my country. Why do you go back to your country? I left that country because I <laughs> love this country. <laughs> yeah, I probably <laughs> love the American freedoms more than you love the American freedoms. Well, that was that. That's actually been, I think, uh, historically true with a lot of immigrant communities. Yeah, that they're 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 more patriotic and more in, you know uh, grateful in a way. That this country was their salvation from horror. <laughs> Absolutely, I say like this. I, I was just I, I was riffing the other night. And I go, you know, make America great again. I'm like, America already is great. That's asshole. right. You yeah. want to see how great America is? Go see Egypt. How about make <laughs> Egypt great again? They used to be, you know, and they had their own empire. Like now, you could buy a house for a dollar. I mean, it's like, you know, and it's and it's and and the other thing is. I, used, I said this when he first started. When he first started, I said, I, I said, I feel like I could sit down at a dinner with him and have disagreements and then move on with my life. Oh, yeah. Well, he, he'll waffle on anything. He'll I, waffle, he, yeah. Like, he'll, uh, like there, there's a lot of comics that know him pretty well. 
I mean, Jeff Jeff Ross hung out with the guy on yeah. his plane. Yeah, exactly. So and he I'm, said he's like he makes you feel great. That guy. I'm sure he's got some charisma, yeah. and you feel good. But then, but but my worry was his supporters, and now my worry is obviously him as well. But his supporters, like I thought that. These people taking his words for face value. So then you hear the story of the guy in Kansas yeah. who takes a gun and shoots two Indian dudes and then goes and says, I just shot two Iranians. Yeah. He doesn't even know who was shot. And he's shit-faced and mad about something else. Yeah. It's just, it's, and those two Indians, I read the whole, st- there was a whole article on yeah. them. One of them died, one of them survived. There were like Indian Indians who'd, who'd come to America to be engineers and they yeah. were just leading, they were trying to live the American dream. Yeah, and, and also uh, help America. Help America! Yeah, I mean, this is where this is where smart, good things happen. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're putting an end to that. Yeah, exactly. It's just shamelessly dumb now. Yeah. So I find myself sometimes in my stand-up having like serious moments now, like you know, and in, in, you know, I, I actually, I, I feel like I can get away from. Like I, one of the things I say, I say, I go, he needs to start taking responsibility for his words. He doesn't. He doesn't. And he the d- next day he goes, it, I, it was just a joke. I was just saying the, the, words. The, the generals did it. Like, <sighs> like you know, I mean, he's been sort of, we've all been sort of blessed that nothing horrendously horrible has happened where he's, he actually has to lead yeah. and, and bring Americans together around a thing. Even the travel ban, what you just said, exactly what you just said. Because my, my one of my arguments was why did they, if they really wanted to do the travel ban yeah. and they didn't want to you know, uh, hurt regular ordinary people, they could have said, look, within the next 60 days, if you don't have a visa, we're not letting anybody else in. Why was it immediate? Because he likes to, like that's a, a authoritarian trick. It's an authoritarian trick. But then he's such a jackass that he turns around and goes, well, my, uh, my exactly, oh, yeah. my, the, the, the police the authorities told me yeah. that if we had warned people, then I ISIS would have had a lead time yeah. to then come so, in. I go, so I, I go. ISIS are criminals. You yeah, can, yeah, if you yeah. ban seven countries, they'll create a passport from one of the countries that's yeah. not banned. Yeah, a fake passport, and they'll still and, come and, in. And also, it had nothing to do with ISIS. It had nothing to do with ISIS. It, it was just you know he's he's riled up uh, you know a, a, a small percentage, you know, larger than you want it to be, of this country's yeah. anger and fear, and he and he honors them. Well, you know what? What was sad was when I, because I, I talk about again going to the to the protest. I went to the LAX protest, and yeah. I was watching all the news all over the country. There was protests, and I felt like, oh wow, Americans got it. They realized what a sham this travel ban is. Uh-huh. Then that night, I'm listening to the radio, and they go, a majority of Americans still support the travel ban. Yeah, and it hit me that what you just said. Listen, people have their day to day lives. They're busy, whatever, on Instagram or whatever they're doing. I wish they were more paying attention. They're not paying attention, so they go, oh. Uh, Keep terrorists out of the country? Sure, yeah, let's yeah, do it. That's good. Yeah, I don't want terrorists here. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, it's scary, dude. So what's going on with your aunt? Um, well, my aunt was, was she's now, she had to go then to a to a visa interview, mm. and she's waiting to find out. I'm hoping that they let her in, like I said, you know. It's, um, uh, it's the woman's sister? No, it's actually uh, my sister who's not do, doing well. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh. yeah, but, but, it's, but, but it, it just piggybacked. On top yeah. was this this thing that she yeah. couldn't get a visa to come here. She needed a visa to come here. She's British. She's a British citizen. Yeah. So it's just it's it's angering to another level. And it's know? also bureaucratic. It's it's like it's bureaucratic and it's uh, it's complicated and it's. Uh, Listen, that day I got so many people hitting me with with emails of their personal stories. Uh, there was a the, when the travel ban that day that it happened. Yeah. Uh, one guy hit me up because my parents were elderly. They were one of the first couples that landed at LAX when the ban took effect. The uh, the border patrol had them sign away. They waived their visa right. They didn't know what they were doing. They signed a paper 
thinking, oh, this will get us in. But in reality, what it said was, we waive our visas. They put them back on a plane and sent them back to Iran. And they can never come back now. Well, no, they eventually, because the courts then started challenging it, he got them in as soon as he could. They, like, came in. Yeah. But there's people in limbo, right? There was another lady. She hits me up. This this was crazy because when America did the did the, um, did the travel ban, Iran reciprocated and said, we're not going to let any Americans into Iran. Yeah. So a lady wrote me. She goes, listen, I'm an Iranian who was studying in India. I met my American husband in India. We were married now. Yeah. We got an interview to, for me to get my green card, so we had to go to Turkey yeah. to the embassy there. She goes, we landed in Turkey. We got another e- email saying that our, our interview had been canceled. She goes, I'm Iranian. I'm not allowed into America. He's American. He's not allowed into Iran. We're stuck in a hotel room in Ankara, Turkey. Please help. <laughs> what did, did you? How, and what happened with I that? I followed up with her, and again, because these courts challenged this jackass. Thank God, yeah, they were able to. A lot of people were able to get in in the on, window that they had. In the window that they had, but now because the court, the Supreme Court, especially with this guy uh, Gorsuch or yeah. whatever, the Supreme Court has said that we're going to hear the arguments in October for the travel ban. Yeah. They said for now it's legit. But then they said that it's, but they said close relatives can come. Right. And then, of course, the administration goes right in and goes, okay, so close relatives are going to be uh, mother, father, right. brother, yeah. sister, and mother-in-law, but no grandparents. But then they, didn't the court step in on the grandparents? They stepped in on that. And the grandparents are coming. Grandparents are coming. <laughs> it's going to be week to week. It's crazy. I mean, how do you, if you're, if you're working at customs, how do you do your job? What do you, I mean, what do I know? Why, every day someone's coming and going, well, oh. Well, they'll err on the, uh, on the side of being uh, bad. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know, like, I don't want to take any chances. You can't come in. I have a my in this whole process with my aunt trying to get the visa. My cousin was telling me that he talked to a friend of his who had come to America in the past. Again, a British guy who hasn't has been to Iran. Huh. Uh, he's come and gone in the past. He said this guy was coming for like a wedding or something, and he told my cousin he's like it took seven hours of interrogations at the at the border. Yeah, I don't want to make, uh, you know imply that customs people are bad. It's a tough job, but y- you know it's like they err on the side of caution. Yeah. It, you know, uh, you, you know, they, it's the first one was so fucking confusing. But uh, well, I, I hope that uh, your aunt is able to get in. I know, man. And when did the so what's your, what's the special called? Special is called immigrant. Maz Jobrani, immigrant. Is this what is this your third one? This is my fourth. Fifth. Hold on, uh, one. This is my fifth. I had the Axis of Evil. That was a group of us, right? Then I did Brown and Friendly. Yeah. Uh, I Come in Peace. I'm not a terrorist, but I played one on TV, and now it's Immigrant. And this Netflix? Netflix. My first original Netflix. Oh, so was, uh, this is the first Netflix special. Yeah, well, I, and, and we shot it at uh, Kennedy Center. So really? I'm excited. It's all, you know, it's, I'm excited about it. And the reason I call it- Kennedy Center in D.C.? D.C. Kennedy Center. Huh. And, and the reason I called it Immigrant was because one of the things that really upset me, you know, I realized this. When I came to America, it was like, you know, when that hostage crisis happened, I remember getting bullied. Yeah. And this guy, Trump, is a bully. And that's why I get yeah. so upset. First and foremost. First and foremost. Yeah, and so bully. when the whole thing happened where they're like, keep, you know, keep uh, refugees out, keep immigrants out. And I, rem- and I realized, look, what would have happened if this travel ban had happened, happened when I was fleeing Iran and the revolution with my family? If we landed in, in New York and they sent us back into the revolution, what kind of psychological effect would that have had on me, on my family? Well, you could have been imprisoned. I could have been in, the, in Iran. A lot of stuff, exactly. I could have been in prison. I could have. I mean, I, I just your parents could. I mean, that's a lot of problems with a lot of the uh, the Latin countries as well. In, in Mexico, they're sending people back into horrendous situations where they have no recourse. They have no lives. People have been here for twenty years, being deported to no sympathy whatsoever. They just send them right back into this hell. Yeah, 
And so I wanted to put a face, like in the in the special, I have a picture of myself when I was like in the third grade, right around the time I come to America. And so I have that in the background to, to indicate part of the message is, these are the immigrants that you guys are sending back. You're sending back kids. You're sending yeah. back grandparents. Yeah. You're not stopping ISIS. ISIS will, first of all, the terror attacks we've had in America have been American right, born. Right. And and secondly, uh, they're criminals. They will find ways to get in. Those, yeah, those people will. And also, like, I don't know why he's not. It, it seems like if I'm not misreading or wrongly reading uh, certain articles, it seems like there's been some success in 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 defeating ISIS in in Iraq. Yeah, and absolutely. He, and for, I don't know why you know he's not. Why is he not saying anything about that? I don't because he wants to keep promoting this anti-immigrant agenda here. And doesn't want people to separate the fact that the the actual organization, the armed organization of ISIS, yeah. is on the ground fighting, and they're getting their asses kicked in Iraq. But it's like, no, okay, but we still got to get these guys out of here. Well, fear is good. It's this new thing with the MS one eighty two, whatever the, the El Salvador, yeah, whatever they are, the, the the Salvadorian gang. I'm sure they're bad guys, and, horrible, but, they, but and they've been around. But yeah. now again, he puts this fear in people, like this is who we're going after. Yeah, so people go, and oh great, in, and they're on your street right now. Yeah, and imagine. Imagine like now a lot of his supporters are probably seeing some poor Mexican dude and going like, get out of my country. You oh, know? yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's like, but yeah, bring me my food first. Yeah, bring me my food first. <laughs> Don't leave until you finish in the kitchen. Bunch of assholes. Yeah, man. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's good to see you, and I'm glad that uh, in the kids are all right. Everybody's good. Wife's kids good. are good. Wife's good. They're growing. Kids grow fast. How old are they now? They're six and ten, dude. It just goes by, right? It's nuts. I don't have any. It's, I, I'm just. Uh, I just. I'm just. You know, not acknowledging that I'm aging because I don't have the reminder. I'm telling you, man. My cats are getting old. Yeah, but yeah. they're holding up all right. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's kids really remind. I mean, I was watching videos of them when they were toddlers. I don't remember that period. I don't remember. I don't remember that. Uh huh. And I just go, what the hell? And it's like what you were just saying. It's kids or some gray hairs once in a while. Like when I grow right. out the beard and it gets gray, yeah. I go, holy shit, I'm old. Yeah. I know I'm starting to see it a little more. It's crazy. I, it happened. Yeah, how old are you? I'm 45. Well, I'm 53. In the 50s, really, there's a big shift. I can <sighs> feel it coming. Like by 55, 56, it's sort of like, yep. Now he's old, Mark. Well, you know what it is? Is because when we were kids, like yeah. I think once the p- people hit forty, they had the briefcases, and they were like, there was like people were business. They dress like grown ups. They dress like grown ups. Yeah, no now more. we walk around in shorts and t shirts. Why just worked out? No, it's fine. It's fantastic. You I were got on sneakers stage on. on shorts and shorts. I was. That was yeah. That but was, you were telling the truth, or you just come from the hospital? Yeah, I just come from the hospital. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, I hope that works out. Thanks, man. I, and, I hope so too. And it's good to see you. Thanks, Mark. Maz Jabrani, his show, the new special is called Maz Jabrani Immigrant on Netflix, streaming now. Dig it. So Rory Scovel, fun guy, funny guy, nice dude. I was happy to talk to him. I see him around, kind of known him here and there for years. But now he lives down the street from me, so it was an easy commute for him to come over to talk about his new special that is uh, streaming on Netflix. Everything's on Netflix. It's called Rory Scovel Tries Stand-Up for the First Time. And you can watch it right now if you want, right after you listen to me and Rory talk. So this is me and Rory talking. The one good thing about this job, too, is though, is that if you can easily go, well, I, I can get out of here. Yeah. I can get out of here for as long as I want. Well, that's what, that's what becomes the indicator of whether or not, you know, you're you like your life as much as you think you do or or whether you know you do or you don't is when you go on the road and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm out. (laughs) I'm 
finally yeah. I'm away from yeah. me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't have to clean this room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, go, go downstairs and just tell the lady, yeah. hey, could someone do my room? All right, good. You start looking at your job as the vacation. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. So, well, I mean, that's kind of a cool thing too but then it is also kind of like is that is that, is that good? healthy is yeah. that mentally healthy well i mean a lot of people live out there you know I, I imagine it could become sort of sad and stressful but it's not yeah. as sad as it used to be i don't know what level you're at with the road but it used to be like as soon as you got out there you'd be you wouldn't be tr- treated well so you'd be at the shitty hotel yeah out where you can't drive anywhere and immediately you're like, oh, God, it's just time for wrong things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's still those places that are doing, like, the the condo, or they're still doing, like, the shitty oh. hotel. But luckily, that's now, and, and it's because of things like podcasts and blogs yeah. and anything that's, like, any kind of media yeah. to where comics can actually complain. Yeah. Right. So there's there's those clubs now going, like, oh, oh yeah, we'll the, at least the up. smart ones who are like, oh, I guess we didn't really know. No, we'll get you guys a way better hotel. We'll, sure. do, we'll make sure. changes. Marriott Courtyard? So, yeah, yeah, hell yeah. They Put got breakfast. Give me that courtyard. That's the best. Give me that continental oh, breakfast. Oh, it just made me think about that fucking condo in San Antonio, man. There's, like... <laughs> I feel like I've talked about it before, but it was just one of those ones that had just been through it, and there's just layers of bad decisions yeah. and sadness. Yeah, 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 You know, like, the furniture didn't begin as new, and now it's just, like, <laughs> generations... <laughs> The furniture com- started in a bad place. Day one, it was in a bad spot. <laughs> exactly. Because yeah. I'm, I'm in that same zone you were talking about. Like, I just spent, like, three, four months on the road hammering out, like, an hour plus to do a, a special. And now I'm in that place where I'm like, I don't have to do anything. Yeah. And, like, I'm not even sure I want to. Like, I always get to this place where it's sort of like, I don't feel like I need to do comedy. <laughs> and then, like, a week goes by. You're like, oh, fuck. I know. I gotta, who am I? Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah. I haven't talked to people. Well, that's what someone asked me. They're like, "Do you see yourself like uh, at getting to a point where you're just like, I don't, I'm not gonna do it anymore?" And I was like, "I feel like every time you do it, you think maybe I'm not gonna do it anymore." But then it's like you have that one show, and you're like, "What am I talking about? This is my this is my high." It's, the it's best like thing. getting up here and doing it's, this. It's, it's like the best thing ever. Yeah, you can't picture not doing it. It's one new bit. It just takes yes, one new it, one, one, and not even like. Like a minute, like a yeah. minute's worth of a new ha- words to say. Yeah, a half a bit. Yeah, like just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One half bit, and yeah. you get that adrenaline again. Right. You're like, oh, I can build off this. Sure. Yeah. yeah, it wakes all the other shit up. Yeah, yeah, and until that stuff just falls away. Yeah. Oh, see 100%. now I want to. Let's go do a set. Let's go. Let's go <laughs> do the, one of those daytime sets. <laughs> Ten in the morning. Yeah. Just pop in somewhere. Do those coffee spots. You could. You could probably actually run a pretty successful. 9 a.m. coffee shop uh, show. Do you imagine how annoying people crowds are coming in? Would be how they just like <laughs> just that'd be a hilarious idea. Just Propping up their laptops, sure, like a like a morning coffee shop, you know, stand up show, <laughs> right. just to see the looks on their faces yeah. before they have their first cup of coffee. Just yeah. like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, it's just a needy asshole in the corner going, "Hey, how's it going? Yeah, how's everybody doing? Trying to get into my cortado and my puff pastry." <laughs> I don't even know what a cortado is. This guy up here talking about (laughs) his job, which he's at. Yeah. (laughs) So, but wait, you don't want to go back down. You don't want to go back. Where are you from in the the southern part of the United States? South Carolina. See, I don't even know. Greenville. Greenville, South Carolina. Really? Yeah. I don't even know if I've been to South Carolina. What are the other cities? Charleston. Oh, yeah. Probably the most popular. Charleston, that's by water. Yeah. I played at a nice theater down there. Charleston's great. Yeah, there's a a nice little theater, and there was places to eat close by. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that's all that matters. Yeah, but it was like definitely Southern. Yeah, you're there 24 hours. You just need coffee and a place to eat. Yeah, it was. I can't remember the name of that space, but it was a a respectable little venue. But uh, people came out. Yeah. Uh, I see. I I romanticize the South now. 
as as much as uh, I've uh, I, I stereotyped it previous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, for, I'm I'm in the second half of my life where I'm like the South is a great place. There are misguided people everywhere, yeah. but the good ones are very decent, and yeah. there's true history there. Well, I think I mean I, you've, I'm sure you've played Asheville in North Carolina, right? But that seems to be an outlier. That's that's kind of like your Austin. Uh, I know, but like, like yeah, I worry about the survival of those places at this point in time. You, you know, like it, it always felt tenuous to me. Look what's happening in Portland. I always knew there was something under the surface <laughs> that was, you know, much older than yeah. that city's hipness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and was, it's going to resurface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah especially at these times. Yeah. But Asheville's kind of dug in. You got a lot of off the grid hippies that there's a, you know, there, I think there is a, a Southern uh, disposition that isn't inherently political or wrong just sort of like you know we live up here yeah yeah, yeah. Just, just stay off you stay out of the yard yeah 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 <laughs> I, I mean that i south carolina and north carolina i mean they're they're great states they're they're they have their their pros and cons yeah but you know there is an element of like there is a younger uh more progressive uh vibe starting yeah. to happen but it's still drowning in a sea of like some i'm not saying all conservative ideas are bad but it's drowning in a sea of really bad conservative yeah ideas where right. people socially yeah. s- can't get wrap their minds around uh anything i saw a guy i was just at, back in my hometown i saw a guy get out of his car i was just driving past this all happened in like just a matter of seconds i yeah. saw the guy driving past and he had a a sign and I was like, oh, the guy looks like he's going to protest. I look across the street. It's like a women's clinic. I look back and I can now see the sign says abortion is wrong. Yeah. And this guy, this guy's entire afternoon is, well, no, it's 11 o'clock. Yeah. I go down, I open the trunk, I get the sign out and I stand across the street and as cars drive by, I'm just letting them know that abortion is wrong. Yeah. And it's that. Th- that's his job. That's his job. He's it's doing it for God. Yeah. Those level for- of people. A guy who could clearly go donate time at a soup kitchen or sure. help orphans yeah. who yeah. do need some support. Yeah. yeah. But no, nah, my thing the, is the I need to go. Go help yeah. the babies that did happen. <laughs> yeah. I need to go stand on here with these. In yeah. Front these women whose stories i can't possibly fathom or understand uh-huh. I, I have to stand here and tell them what i think yeah yeah and and in his mind it's he's doing the lord's work yeah but yeah well i mean the south it's it's tricky you, you know uh but it, it historically and not that long ago there was uh, some you know very bad business down there and yeah <laughs> it's a, yeah. and uh, you know in some ways i think it's bounced back in some ways people have progressed but there there's some holdouts yeah i think we're seeing there's a lot few of, holdouts a lot of holdouts yeah. a lot of people going i like to hold on to a tradition <laughs> traditional stuff that makes no sense like, just good right. old american racism and hate you that's know right. i mean that's what you know we we believe in it uh, yeah. my fa- my parents did my grandparents yeah. Yeah, did yeah 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 so who's to say they're wrong exactly i don't know everybody the constitution yeah. things like that yeah well what do they know the hope is that there's a there are people when i go back i do hang out with a lot of people who who aren't like that but it's when you see young people who carry those ideals it's like oh you truly don't possess the ability to think for yourself at all like yeah. you can't plug into anyone other than what your uncle told you at one point right you were like well, well they, that's my identity too yeah and they, they well they'll accuse us of not being able to think for ourselves yes. at all that you know we we've just let it go that yeah. you know that freedom was too much for us <laughs> mental look, freedom yeah, look what freedom did to you right yeah you, yeah. you hippie <laughs> right but when you do go back i mean what's your what's your, your family like are they uh, frightening or no my family is uh pr- i mean i've come from the kind of family where i i i'm pretty sure a lot of them if they voted uh voted for trump 
Yeah. But I can't say that with any certainty. They might have voted for Oh, so they, so, I, so they keep it to themselves. They keep it themselves because I think they're also... I mean, if you if you bring it up, someone might be like, well, I couldn't vote for Hillary. Right. They're like, yeah. Trump is an idiot. Like, oh, who'd you vote for? I'm like, well, I couldn't vote for Hillary. Yeah, that, like, that, and so you're like, ah, oh, you're that weird between that I don't... Yeah, well, there's that, that, that sort of like, I just couldn't bring my hand to... You know, like, it <laughs> yeah. is that sort of thing like, well, I wasn't gonna. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what do you think? Be a person. What yeah. am I gonna... I'm gonna vote for her and then live with myself? <laughs> Um, but there, I mean, I come from a family that's not like, I, I think everyone's probably got someone in their family who's probably said some racist stuff. And, sure. You know, some of them are, yeah. uh, as some people joke, uh, grandfathered into that yeah. because they're maybe specifically grandfathers. <laughs> but, um, I, uh, I don't know. I think I come from a pretty, what you, like, what's your, what's your, what was the business? Do you have a family business? No. My dad worked at the post office. Really? Uh, yeah. My dad worked at the post office and, uh, my mom also worked at the post office. She passed away when I was really young. And then my dad, uh, my stepmother, she also worked. We're a postal family. Oh, she yeah? also worked at the post office. But then uh, after they got married, uh, she was at home and they had five kids. So there's seven of us. So really? pretty big, pretty big family. The age gap between me and my my next sister uh, yeah. just below me is like seven or eight years. So they're like, how old are they now? My youngest brother, the youngest sibling, yeah. uh, just graduated high school. Wow. Uh, on Wednesday, really? <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm you... 36, going on 37 in like two months. And, and you're so... all, are you all close? Uh, we try to be. Yeah. I think the- Because you were out of the house by the time- I was way out before like a lot of the siblings were like, while they were growing up. So you're up. the wandering half-brother. Yeah. But I, it's just sort of, and they, I <laughs> I think the only reason maybe that I do, I am able to have a, a connection to, let's say specifically my youngest brother, yeah. is because of this job that we do. I think it's, it's you know, if I was- you know, I don't want to shit on people who are in accounting, but if sure. I was in accounting, he would be like, we have nothing to talk about. But well, like he can actually see you on television. He can see on television also because I'm telling jokes. He can kind of get to know my perspective through that. So he can go, oh, while my brother is 36 and at the age of 18, he thinks that's 70 years old. Right. He can listen to my jokes and be like, well, maybe it's maybe that's not What's... 70 years old. Maybe that's actually, he's still a no, silly. but that's got to be cool for him. I th- oh, I think so. Yeah. I, I think it's it's salvaged any chance of having a, a relationship is the fact that this job kind of keeps us, you know, young, I think. I, yeah, especially if, you know, you don't have children. Yeah. Like, yeah, if yeah. You, once you start talking about children, then you're, you're cutting off a few. For sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I didn't do that on purpose, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can, I can now remain a perpetual adolescent, and you know, on an ideological level, still be appealing emotionally to fifteen-year-olds. <laughs> the dream, yeah, yeah, the yeah I did dream. it. Yeah, I yeah. did it. I made it. I never have to change. Emotional appeal to teenagers. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, what, that's all you. That's what. That's what business is. That's when you know you've done it. That's when you know you're good. Yeah, but for me, it's very specific, troubled, sensitive, <laughs> aggravated teenagers. <laughs> They're not having a good time. Yeah, like yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. they, they, they're into me because I sort of validate. Like, oh, see, you never have a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's it's always, right. It's always good. This be is tricky. our leader. We've met him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> never. He have knows. Fun. He knows it's not going to be easy <laughs> ever. Yeah, that's what I did. That's what yeah. I cultivated. So the post office, so so that they're civil, civil servants to a degree. Yeah. For, for some reason, when somebody you tell me that they work at the post office, I'm like, that's noble. That's a a tough job. Yeah. It's, it's just kind me- of. Uh, I mean, at that time, and we're talking like the mid '70s, late '70s, when they were they started working there. That was a time when it was like, hey, if you're willing to leave college and go get this job, you can actually get a pretty good salary job at and pension. the post office. Yeah. And it's like, and it's also you're a government employee, right. so that goes with its own benefits sure. and. Yeah, I think at the time there was that appeal, and then 
I think maybe the rest of the world around the post office and, and, and a lot of government jobs uh, was like, no, the inflation and the price of things. is. But the post office and all government, like, no, you guys still make what you made in, you know, yeah, 77. Yeah. yeah and yeah. the world around you will change. Yeah. And then let's hope one day, let's hope you save money. Yeah. It's it's a holdout. Like, yeah. You know, it's like this. We, uh, yeah. I, uh, I don't know who I talked to, but there was, I, I think maybe it was. Oh, I used to do a bit about it. You know, when people would snap the post, there was that trend <laughs> there for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. I just like I just thought like just one day it was just sort of like this is just never going to stop. Yeah, the letters just keep coming. You know, like, <laughs> there's like you're never done. You yeah, know? and it just <laughs> yeah. If your OCD is like I start a thing and I finish it, it's like no, no. the day one you started it, and the, even when yeah. you retire, it the, won't have. It been goes done. on without you, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, kinda. But yeah. So were they like were they post people? Did, did so they, did they uh, walk uh, the beat? I don't know what my my. I don't know what my mother did or my grandfather who also worked there. I don't, no one was ever oh like God, delivering mail. Legacy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's what I'm supposed to be doing, I think. Um, <laughs> that's what, and that's my true calling. Um, you always have the post office. Yeah. Well, my grandfather said to my father, like, uh, I don't remember, I don't remember who, whether he said it to me or like, but it was an idea he had in his head. It's like, you could always get a job at the post office. Like, yeah. It must have been. Right. Like at some point, they, a big push. Like for, the perfect plan B. Yeah, like at you, that time, you get you get yeah. the benefits. Right. Yeah. So he retired from the post office. My dad is still working at the post office. He we is. we just had a conversation uh, recently where I was like, I think it's time. Like he could have retired, but it's mm. the thing where it's like, well, you stay on for so many years, yeah. your percentage of your salary that you'll get. Uh, continues to go up. Right. So he's been holding out to like get to a certain percentage, and I was like. I think the time has come. You just oh, really? Get he's going for the the, there. the the golden watch kind of deal. Like uh, you know, you're gonna hit a you I hit your points. I don't. I don't really know. I mean, I I told him I was like, look, I'm I've been fortunate the past few years in what I do. It's like, why don't you let me chip in? Why don't we? Why don't you yeah, get out of there and break. we can figure out how to like uh, do it? And he was more than happy to be like, oh, great. <laughs> like I mean, it wasn't even like I don't you you want to buy a house? You got to fail. He's like, great, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> like instant instantly. Like as soon as I said it, I was like, "Oh, he's been thinking waiting." About it. Wait, yeah. yeah, I've kind of done that with my dad a little bit, but he's still too proud to do like because I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't offer him a plan. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, it wasn't you know uh, you know because I don't know. My dad had money and then he fucked it up. Right. So it's, it's a different situation, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I don't know, but like I have these conversations with him, but it's never like let's just figure out where you're at monthly and maybe I can chip in. Uh, it's more like, do you need some now? Yeah. It, yeah. Are you in <laughs> right, trouble? Right. Yeah. 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 And he's been reluctant, you know. So uh, let me send you a hundred dollars. Yeah. You what want is a little that going to hurt? Yeah. I'll give a little a, walk send, around money. Yeah. I'll send you a bond. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a check if you want to cash it. Some. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like some. You bills. want a chore to do this? Meet now. You have to go to the bank. Oh, uh, I guess I got to do it. I guess it's our. You have to, right? You, 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 uh, well, you, I, I, I think uh, I didn't do it b- before because. Uh, well, you got to have it to do it. You got to have it to do it, and I've been trying to save, and I've also been in that idea of like, well, you know, I could, you know, the the amount of houses I could buy in my hometown, I doesn't even get me the one that I want here, and so you go through that thing like, what well, do I keep renting? Do I buy? Like, I all these things that I, I hate thinking about and I hate that we're kind of forced to like, well, one day you got to figure out blah, blah, blah. You, know, you do have to figure it out, but you can spend your whole life trying to figure out or, or at the exact same place you're at right now. Yeah. I need to fix this house and I've needed to for a decade. Yeah. And 
ultimately it just becomes like, well, I guess I'm just going to wait till something falls off. And then do it. Yeah. Right. yeah, like yeah. When that thing, when the wall breaks, yeah. I better fix that. It's I think so stupid. It's kind of like looking at insurance. It's like, well, you should go get insurance and pay it every month. And then when you don't need it. Yeah. And then, you know, there was a time when I didn't have insurance. And then I, I went to a dermatologist. I had to get some like moles cut off. And so I went to do it. Yeah. And I told $2, my aunt. $2, well, I told my aunt, I was like, it cost me $700. And she was like, well, I'll see if you had insurance. You wouldn't have to pay that. And I was like. Yeah, but if I would have had insurance, I would have already paid $2,000 to have nothing yeah. done at all. So I was like, I think I actually save money. I feel like it's kind of like that with a house where you're yeah. like, well, hopefully when that wall falls off, it's yeah. not one that costs right. so right. much money. Rolling the dice on the insurance, buddy. <laughs> and all the pipes yeah, come yeah. along with it. The yeah. house is going to last longer than us, probably. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Like, you're married, right? Yeah. You got married oh, not too long ago. Married about three years ago. I know her, right? I met ago. her a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No kids yet? One kid. She you turns did, two in July. You did that? Yeah, we had a little girl. You got a kid over there? We got a little kid over there. And oh, it's, uh, my God. It's crazy. Is it? Yeah, it's it's definitely the- Oh, that. see, I thought you were on Team No Kids, but no, you're just I was on one. Team No Kids for a while. I thought, <laughs> there's maybe a small percentage of me that's still on Team No Kids. <laughs> right now. Right, right now, you're yeah, on yeah, Team yeah. No Kids. Whenever I want to go put something together and do it on my own, I'm like, ah, Team No Kids. <laughs> really should have been here for this. Oh, but that's- exciting right it's it's the greatest uh it's the greatest thing i know that's i've learned after having a kid that all the cliche things that people say you go oh that's why people say say them and that's why it's become a cliche is because it's just it's just the most amazing it's like when someone asks like what's the weather like in california we all say the exact same thing yeah oh it's it's sunny every day it's usually pretty good yeah and it's there's no different answer but but I've yes. gotten to the point where I'm like, it's creepy the weather. Actually, it's it's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it, you know, we go through long periods of dryness and yeah. like there was a period there where I didn't know whether or not the Earth would survive. I th- yeah, and then it I, rains and you're like, oh my god, thank God. Yeah, when we had that like what two weeks of rain and I, you're and then you were like, well, wait, can our ground yes take stay it? In yeah, this we, kind is of... my house going to stay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When does the mudslide start? Yeah, no, I was so happy about the rain. But so you're you're generally happy about the kid. Very very happy about it. It's uh, she's all it's healthy and good. All healthy and good and. It's, you know, it's that I am already a paranoid, anxious person all the time. I mean, it's probably why we do what yeah. we do, but that's why I don't this kind of adds to it a little bit where you're like, oh, it's even more paranoia and, and, and anxiety because you're like, what if something happens, what if anything happens? And I go down the road of like all of the worst possible scenarios in every scenario, uh, yeah, worst see, I, outcome. And it's, I don't know, somehow it's still all completely trumped by the idea of like a kid seeing a, a brain time. grow yeah. and also it, you also realize like oh if we actually put all our efforts as human beings towards children's health and education yeah we could actually save society and the planet yeah. because you watch a kid's mind go oh i'm like a computer i only know what you're going right to tell me yeah and then when i turn you know 16 and decide i want to learn on my own whether that changes or not, you at least gave me the solid foundation of like, right. you know, right and wrong and blah, blah, blah. Sure. And then at 16, they go, fuck you. Exactly. But, you know, I feel like <laughs> the kids with that solid foundation, they say fuck you and they go away for a bit. But then I think in their late 20s, they go, you were, you know what? You were right about I didn't agree with everything, but yeah. the the core of it, well, you what, were right. Is that who you were? 
I think so. I mean, a little bit. I think I, I wasn't a bad kid. I, I, I was like always afraid of getting in trouble yeah. despite being a class clown and like getting in right. trouble for talking and like like minor stuff. Right. I never you, did like a major. You weren't out blowing up cats. Never. I never did anything that I was like, oh, this is going to be, I'm going to get, I was so afraid to get in trouble. Scar on my soul forever. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah. with some bad people. <laughs> I was with some smokers, some teens who wanted to smoke. And, yeah, and then everything hell broke loose. Yeah. We killed some frogs yeah i was going through my greaser stage mm. we were racing cars <laughs> well that seems um, a little more exciting <laughs> that actually hurting great. animals yeah. yeah i think we missed the greaser thing the racing cars but maybe yeah. in the south it never goes away you know i feel like that uh you know i don't know i've mudding mud dogging that was like the thing what was like, that with the big wheels big the... wheels like a jeep go yeah. out and get stuck in mud and then get out of it which I, I could not understand i watched people like with videos of them and look at me go over this boulder and it looks like my car's gonna tip but then it doesn't i'm like i don't do sitting around this the periphery watching (laughs) yeah and loving like the one guy in a wheelchair (laughs) i used to do it (laughs) i did it too till (laughs) you know clearly clearly there's consequences (laughs) i should have worn my belt (laughs) i I didn't i thought i had the boulder i thought i had it and it got on top of me (laughs) horrible i still love it i still love to watch yeah 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 (laughs) good for them so that's a you know tragedy you know the horrible consequences of doing something for no reason yeah 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 <laughs> yeah and also the high of it when mm. it all works out isn't very good <laughs> no because you can't you can't recapture it you know yeah. at least with drugs you're like i'm gonna put this in my body and there's a 90 percent chance yeah it's gonna be pretty fucking good if it's not i just do more yeah but like to do whatever it is like if i can just make that jump it's like the odds are not with not consistent buzz yeah 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 uh, I, I also having a kid i think that's when the drugs thing kind of hits you where you're like you know because i experiment with drugs but then you're like ah, am i gonna have the kid who experiments and never comes back it's oh, like well, that's a big yeah, i just kept going i kept chasing the the high and yeah I, and yeah. then you're like well uh, talk to me uh, like uh, you yeah. Yeah. and they're like no that nah. person's gone yeah that person's gone i gotta go now because <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a little itchy. i gotta go i'm I'm late for fish so i gotta get out there <laughs> get my nitrous on oh <laughs> uh, that's what, like oh, so you're like 36 so you grew up yeah it's a little different but so the so what so you moved over here for the school or um or not, not really I mean when we moved to LA six years ago we started in Silver Lake um just because Brendan Walsh walked us around Silver Lake and he was like yeah you want to be over here kind of on the east side and by I was his like, house all right great yeah yeah, yeah. he's like be my neighbor let's yeah. drive to shows together <laughs> um but yeah so I, I so we like the east side and we just stayed over here but I I think my trying to slowly escape L A oh yeah you keep I was going like, east. oh Eagle Rock yeah, and then yeah, eventually yeah. Pasadena yeah, and, and then, then I'll out, just you're out in Sun Valley yeah exactly <laughs> I'll be out in the desert in a trailer in yeah. Joshua Tree. Yeah. We're in Vegas. I'm driving in for my 10-minute spots every night. I don't know how people live in Vegas, and I'm not saying that to upset people in Vegas, but I, I just can't get near the place. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't my, work My there. wife is from there. What? So we go visit her parents. They still live there. I just see everything in Vegas being corrupted by what Vegas is, but I guess people have regular lives there as well. They do, and they like it, but you have to you have to like that specific lifestyle. I mean, my her parents are in uh, uh, real estate. So they're doing great. They're in right. residential and commercial real estate. I guess there's they, some people that are in Vegas and they're like, we never go to the Strip. We yeah. don't go, we, you know, we don't go over there. Yeah, they don't. Right. They never, and also if they want to go gamble, they're not going to the ones on the Strip. Sure, they're going they to just, those ones that are like, like off down the, the street. beaten path. Yeah, yeah. yeah in a gas yeah. station. Joe's just, Casino. Yeah. Yeah. In the great. back curtained room yeah, right, and it's exactly. just one poker machine. Oh, you were just in that movie about a casino. 
Uh, yeah, the house. Yeah, yeah I yeah. watched it because I talked to uh, Manzukis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, he's that great. Was, he is great. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a good guy. He's very he's very uh, upfront, earnest dude. <laughs> right. Seems to know how to have a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, the movie was ridiculous, but okay. It's yeah, funny. Yeah. You you had a big part. I was happy. I was the whole time we were doing it. I in my head it was just like, all right, hopefully this doesn't get cut. Yeah, now, I'm at that level where I'm 100. percent If they're like, well, we're long on time. All yeah. right, we'll cut the guy. No one really knows. Like I I know where I'm at. <laughs> But no, you had like three or four scenes you pop up in. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big movie part. Oh, huge. I mean, like I saw a lot of comedians' faces in there that said nothing. Kyle had a little thing. Yeah, Kane. Kyle. That whole cast, it was great. I mean, the whole time we, you know, I, I haven't done it. I was in Dimitri's uh, movie. I saw that too. Uh, you were the, oh, nice. you were the roommate guy, the friend. Yeah, the friend on LA. With the cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was good. That was a good part. That was, uh, both of those were things I had never done so i was like in that fake it till you make it mentality but you know when someone's like hey come and uh open for me and it's a lot of people and you got to kind of lie and be like oh yeah i've done that before sure. so put your faith in me yeah that's why this you was start. kind of this with yeah that i was like oh I, I can act i know what i'm doing yeah and you, you just, just that's the only way to do it yeah yeah i mean you can freak yourself out and go take classes and stuff but ultimately as a right. comic you're like nah, i can you know i think yeah i think maybe as comics that's what uh if someone's like we got this really dramatic role and it's all riding on you it's like well then i'm gonna go take a yeah, class yeah, and really so get notes do you know can you have someone's business card <laughs> yeah who might teach me how to do this yeah. but yeah. when someone's like hey it's a it's a comedy and, and just, we're literally asking you to say the punchline you're like yeah. well i've I can done do that, that yeah. enough i can and you knew everybody the over there oh know. that's what made it great and the yeah. fact that it's like it's amy poehler it's will ferrell it's like you can immediately kind of understand like this is gonna be a fun like tone it, it to got, all it of got this, a little and... over the top yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It got a little messy i haven't seen the total uh oh, you haven't? The, the 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 i was out of town when they did like a screening for it one thing that happens very quickly in those kind of movies is like you go like oh this could never happen <laughs> <laughs> there's no reason for any of this to connect most make most sense. comedies where you're like well that yeah. wouldn't happen yeah, no. yeah 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 but like i told mansuka so i said uh, you know towards the end you know the good guys which are you know basically will and, and yeah, amy yeah, yeah, the yeah. parents are like They've completely morally corrupted themselves to a point where they were unredeemable. Right. So there was part of me at the end where it's sort of like they don't deserve to have the happy ending. Right. This, yeah, is, yeah, not, yeah. this is not how it's yeah, supposed to They cross to. the line. They cross the line. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. get away with that. Yeah. And I, I was overthinking it. Yeah. But what was the scene like? How when did you start doing the stand up? Uh I started in two thousand four in DC. Um, I you moved did... up there because my sister lived there. My older sister was. But you never did any in the South? Uh, no. I mean, I, d- I did one show in the South. Uh, it was uh, th- I mean, the thing that like got me started was like an open mic poetry night. And I asked if I could uh, do jokes instead of poetry. And I brought the entire audience because it was all my friends. Right. And they were like, oh, this is, let's go. Sure. Go grab beers and watch Rory make an ass of himself. Did they stay for the poets? You know, the poets asked. This, there was only three poets. And. Honestly, it was a place called Guitar Bar, and it was an awesome bar. Had a nice little showroom, yeah. and the poets were like, "Do you mind going at the end?" So people like yeah. watch. And you know, I new to it, you don't even understand that right. strategy. Right. So I'm like, "Yeah, I'll, I don't know what I'm doing." So I'll, you guys tell me when to go, right? Because I don't know what any of this is. Right. I wrote down some things that I think my friends will laugh at, <laughs> but no one else can relate to, right? Um, and it was I brought enough people where the. The guy running the bar, I was like, so how long do I go up there? And he was like, you brought everybody. He's like, I would love it if you just went up there for as long as possible because they'll just keep <laughs> drinking. Like, it's a Monday night and you brought the entire audience. Right. So, in a way, I, it looked good for me to the bar and to the poets because they're like, oh, we never have an audience. This guy brought an audience and now he's going <laughs> so, last and they're buying drinks. At, it's a big night for yeah. them. 
So, so po- I didn't understand any. I just went up there and like fucked around and so made they did stuff it, up. They, the poets got their audience. They got their audience, uh, and my friends all sat there. You know, like nice to be like, oh, this is. You probably have know, nice what friends. Is this? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody heckled the poets. Uh, <laughs> There's a poet somewhere in South Carolina saying, like, do you remember that night? <laughs> remember that night? That was the best night. That, that was our Madison Square Garden <laughs> when those forty drunk college kids showed up to uh, heckle their friend. So you were in college. It was just after college, about a year out of college. And you just did it because, like, you thought you could do it. What made you think you I, could do that? I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know what to do. I didn't. I didn't. I got. I. I kind of wanted to get into filmmaking since I was like fourteen. I was like, oh, I want to make movies and be yeah. an actor. I think it's like fun. But then, uh, you know, my buddy in high school, he was like, you know, a lot of the people on Saturday Night Live. He's like, there's a lot of them are stand-up comics and they're writers and like I, all of that. I was like, oh, I don't, I can't see myself doing that, right? Because I didn't really know what stand-up comedy was. I wasn't one of the people that like you know, snuck over to listen to Pryor or Carlin. Right. Like, I didn't have any interest. I watched, like, the Marx Brothers and, like, El- oh. uh, Abbott and Costello. You went and... way back. How'd that Yeah, happen? well, my dad, it was oh. on, like, AMC, a thing, and my dad was like, you should watch that. Why? Well, I, I grew up watching these guys. You watch this. And that was, like, that time where, I, as a kid, I was like, oh, adults are silly. Like, yeah. they do silly stuff. I can right. continue to just kind of be a jackass yeah, my yeah. whole life. Right. Um, and then I, I, I wanted to be a filmmaker. And then after I got out of college, I was like, oh, I, I have this thing in my head that, I've, that I want to do and I've done nothing to do. And I don't know how to do it. I was like, <laughs> and you start start realizing like, oh, this is what people talk about when they talk about dreams and right. like being ridiculous right, and never right. doing this anything. Is why, yeah, they don't do it because they don't figure out how to do it. Yeah. They so just... I, I started running camera for a local news uh, station. I was just in the studio doing like the, the five o'clock, seven o'clock, 11 o'clock, whatever all the times were. They always just kept changing there? at that time. Just running, listening to the director being like, I frame it up a little bit you're a little heavy on the right like just we got to get the car on it like move it over so we can get the image and like you know just doing that we not were you were in college this, this was a year out of college i that, just stayed in my college town you, that's, you got the gig at the local station <laughs> yeah with yeah, no yeah. experience no experience i went up there and they Wasn't basically it? were like i was on a camera and they were like all right pan right pan left all right you know the terms like if you knew pan <laughs> You were fine. So it wasn't a union gig, I'm assuming. No. no. I, mean, I mean, it was like the bare minimum. I think I was making like 6 or $7 an hour. Oh, but was, was that the first time you had that moment? Because like, when I go on the road, sometimes you do the local TV. Yeah. And you walk into a space, and you know, it's just this big empty space with the set. And you're like, this is it? Yeah. Yes. And then yeah. You're, like, you're, yeah. The magic is immediately you go, oh, okay. So there is no magic to no, anything. Nothing. nothing. It's, it's just these cameras have, have that's sold it. us a lie our whole For, lives. Yeah, frame it up. And you, if you pull back, there's just two guys. Nice. Yeah, sitting there, and uh, yeah. one guy has a coffee, a raggedy curtain covering a window oh, from the God. parking lot. And then when they do those, like <laughs> if you're you're doing local TV and you're following like a like a cooking segment from the guy who's got a restaurant in town, that right. kind of thing, and yeah, just yeah. like, oh my God, this is. It's so stripped down. Yeah. It's so weird. There's the, nothing magic to it. The illusion nothing magical of it. to it. So you, so you learned how to pan right yeah, and I left. Was, I, yeah, I was basically doing that, and uh, you know that was that was fine. If you're like, oh, I can I can still go out after my shift. I can sleep all day and then go to work at you know five yeah. o'clock or whatever it was, and like nothing is expected of me but to like. No, but when I need a two shot, when do I need all the uh, everybody? When do I need just when are we going to sports? Yeah. Am I on weather? If you're on the weather camera, they're like, all right, this one's tougher because you have to make sure you see what <laughs> the green screens they're giving pointing you. at nothing. Make yeah. sure you get them pointing at nothing, <laughs> right? So we can put the stuff on it. Yeah. Well, so but in your mind, you were like, well, I'm taking steps. In my mind, I was like, oh, okay. Instead of uh, of becoming a filmmaker, I'll go down this road and try to work my way up, and maybe I'll be a guy that shoots, uh, you know 
segments for Dateline or something. Like I kind of thought, oh, yeah, like I'm just... this. Is, I'm cl- and I think it's because I, I majored in journalism, so my 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 uh, degree was communications journalism. Even right. though I had no passion for it, I only took that because there were film classes you could take. Right. If that was your your focus, and you took those. So I took the film courses, the history of film, yeah, anything yeah. in film where you got to uh, some classes, you got to be hands-on and actually make but, something. But I like how quickly you just accommodated your dream to the job you got. No, I could do this for Dateline. Exactly. Like I could pan right and left for yeah. Dateline. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's what it was in my head. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, I'm doing this. And yeah. then maybe this all kind of contributes back to my mother passing away as a kid. But How'd you, she die? Uh, she had cancer, lymphatic cancer. So she, Hodgkin's oh. disease when I was, it was on my first birthday. Oh my God. Yeah. So you have no real memory. Of I have it. no memory of it. And I've told people, I was like, it's one of those, like, you, you can't, you don't know if that's a better way to deal with it or like, who would I be today if she died when I was 13? Right. right. Do you have the memory? And also I'm 13. Horrible. Like, yeah. So it's, uh, you how look at it like. Your, how old is your other sibling? So my oldest sister, Natalie, she was, I think, two and a half. So you really, neither one of you have anything really. And how, when no. did the stepmom come in? Uh, my dad remarried when I was seven. Oh. And so they dated, I think, for like two or three years. And, and so she, you know, she's your mom, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah my yeah. aunt like stepped in and took care of us. Oh, really? So that kind of became such a mother figure. And then, right. you know, at seven, when my dad remarried, it was like, all right, well, now you have to go. And this other person is coming in, which only as I, I get older and, and start to realize like how like fucked up I actually am, I look yeah. back on these things like, oh, for a kid, that that was kind of crazy. Like, right. Your mother passed away. But here's this person. And now that person is going to go away. your mom's this sister? other person. Um, no, my dad's sister. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But you still saw her. Yeah. It yeah, just yeah. wasn't as hands-on. Well, she <laughs> also was trying to become a teacher, so she moved pretty far away, uh, uh, probably three-hour drive away. So it wasn't like seeing each other all the time. It was like every now and then you like visit, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's it's truly one of those things you look back on, and you're like, oh, I, I, I if someone was like, what will you talk about with a therapist? I was like, I think I'd start there, because that's probably the root of anything. <laughs> probably starts with that. <laughs> but you're not that fucked up. I don't think so. I mean, I, I think I probably have you know i feel like on the outside i'm not fucked up i think on the outside i make decent decisions <laughs> on the inside it's like oh there's these i'm uh, terrified all the time i think so yeah i live in a state of paranoia anyone i get to know i'm just like all right well what will what will i wear to their funeral like you're just immediately thinking <laughs> when about are the you leaving of, yeah when are you permanently gone um but uh uh, I, th- I think uh, kind of going back to that, I, I think be- the point where I was like, uh, why would I do that? Why would I try to become a Dateline, right. you know, segment creator? I don't even, that's how little I know about it. I don't even know what the term is for what that person does. <laughs> I think a segment producer. Yeah, segment producer. I yeah. think I got out of that because I was just like, uh, I was like, oh, that, you know, my mother passed away at 25 and here I am. Like, is this, is, you know, is this the, is this a life? Right. Like, is this what I want to do? Like, not not shitting on people that want to do that, but I clearly didn't want to do but that. But also, you're coming from a family of postal workers. Exactly. So, so you knew and it's that. It's like, like, I knew my true calling. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, but that but that's also one of those things like, well, you know, once you're in it, that's it. That's yeah. what happens. Yeah, I think so. Like, there was yeah. the, the creativity element was not necessary. Yeah. Was, I mean, I, my dad would get up at like 5 a.m., uh, to I could hear him get ready and he would then go to work. He was gone. And the days that he worked, he was gone before we woke up to get ready for school. And I, 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 I really remember as a kid like hearing that and being like, I don't ever want to do that. I don't want to wake up at 5 a.m. In that go, weird zone where you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, is he, someone's yeah. doing something there? But I think I also looked at it like, well, that's what he has to do. That's what we all have to do. Right. I, I think I was driven to say, well, I don't want to have to do 
anything. I want to decide what I'm going to do. And if at the at the end of the day, if I die because I have no money, I think I kind of thought, well, you know, my mother passed away. I think it's. Uh, I, I think I should try to do something. And right. if I fail and die, I fail and die. Right. And so, and I mean, in, in a way, kind of a great motivation to be like. Yeah, drive to that fucking open mic, you lazy piece of shit. Yeah, fuck it. Because this is what you're yeah. trying to do. Right. Um, and then I heard of David Cross, uh, his first album he put out. And I think that was the first time I heard Shut up, stand-up. you fucking baby. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was the first time I heard stand-up that wasn't in a suit, very polished. I think it was the first That's time my sure. brain was like, oh, <laughs> you can, you do can wear you what you want. And you can... You know, I loved I loved that album. It's great. But I was also like, oh, you don't have to like set up punchline you don't have to have this like well constructed it sounds like i'm shitting on his style of comedy but honestly his style of comedy inspired me to be like oh this is more personality driven and i think i relate more to that than this tight concise i've yeah. specifically i today i don't write jokes well, yeah, no, where I go, Dave, where's the fat like i don't care about the fat yeah. i like all of it i like having all that in there <laughs> keep the fat in yeah and What's it's it? only now that i i at that point i was like oh if you can do it that way Maybe I should try this. I've been a class clown my whole life. I've always been like, you know, in any group, I'm like, try to be the funny person, sure. you know, desperately. Yeah. And I was like, well, let's give this a try. So that's what led me to even think I'm capable of doing it is one, there's no rules. Well, that's funny because Dave, like I started with him and, you know, it's always exciting to watch him and it definitely is, you know, he is uh, unto himself, but he used to do like, cause you do that Southern character sometimes yeah. Oh, like, yeah. for hours. I love it. I got addicted to it. Yeah, he used to do one. Yeah, he used to. He used to go on stage as this gay Southern guy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Back when he started. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and the, but he wouldn't let on. Like he, they yeah, would yeah. bring him up with a fake name, and he'd be like, "Hi, y'all." Yeah. And he'd start talking about his dogs. <laughs> you know, like oh, there's a little bit, and you know, and he'd talk about their names and their personalities. Right. And then people started just laughing at him. Yeah. You know, and he would push it like he'd stay in it until he'd stop. He'd go like, I can't tell if y'all are laughing with me <laughs> or at me, you know, and he'd right, make yeah. it really uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, uh, and it was, it was great. He did. He actually did uh, Jesus as a, as a gay Southern man <laughs> was one of his early bits. Yeah. I've, I, I wonder if I've heard that. Yeah. Y'all did like, uh, yeah. You know, I was just at Lazarus's tomb. Yeah. 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 I've <laughs> his heard hair that. is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah, I like that kind of stuff. Like when people are like, you know, I, I, I feel like it's always easy to go to like Seinfeld as an example because it's like, oh, here's a guy in a suit. I, I, I always thought, uh, well, that's what stand-up is. Oh, it's Johnny Carson. And look, he said a thing and then he got a laugh. And he right. said a thing and he got a laugh. And right. it's just like, oh, this seems like a lot of pressure to play that type of music. You know, it's, I feel yeah. like it's re- relevant to music. You see someone like uh, well, a lot of those guys, like all of you guys out of Boston that was like very personality-driven stand-up. I, I think it was inspiring to a lot of people to be like, oh, I that's more the music that I play. I like to like say that's something more like jazz, where it's like, oh, it can be well, anything. Yeah, you yeah. just have to know how to play. That's it. right. You just have to. Well, it's it's you have to get up there and figure out how you know that how to make that your territory. You know, yeah. like you 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 can do whatever. That's what compelled me is that you can do anything you want up there. Yeah, I mean, you should get laughs. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 At some point. Yeah. But outside of that, you know, do whatever the fuck you want, and it, that to me was amazing. Yeah. It's just like you go up there and do what you want. It wasn't until lately that I really got more disciplined. Like. Like, I think I, early on I wrote jokes and I could see them and they were definitely jokes. Yeah. But then I kind of broke it open and, and you know, and just kind of did the other thing. But now, like, 
I've gotten to the point where if I'm working on a special, there's like a bit or two in there that really require some focus on timing yeah. and the beats. And like, I, I'm sort of like, I force myself to do it. And I am sort of like, oh, that's what that feels like. Yeah. Where you polish a thing. Yeah. You know, where you like, they're actually this, I needed to, I need to time that right. Right. And focus on it. Like it didn't work at first. And I'm like, it's about this, this beat here. Yeah. And like, I'm glad that I can appreciate that at least now. I think that's what makes it so, uh, uh, so fun though because then it's like you as as the artist having that revelation it's like well then that's what keeps all of our like albums sounding the same or like talking about the same stuff like if if the next thing come out it's like oh mark's way more polished it's like yeah isn't that fun because maybe before (laughs) he wasn't and it's not and the next one probably won't be right the next one will be another thing well i think i had this moment with i think it was with watching shanling you know because like he was real kind of meticulous about timing and his jokes are kind of challenging in some ways. And yeah. so much of it had to do with his personality, but also the way he, you know, timed things. Yeah. And, and all, he, for some reason he got through to me and this is later in life, like in the last five or six years where I'm like, that's interesting. Cause, cause there's a part of me that thinks the same way. It's like, why would you want to just do these tight jokes? <laughs> right. Like all the time, yeah. you know, and just like, it just becomes something by rote. Yeah. But then like, I got to this other level. It's like, well, I can like try to make things that are not easy work. Yeah. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, they're not just the jokes. It's sort of like, He's talking about some pretty hard, you know, heavy, dark shit, but he's balancing it with this craftsmanship. And yeah. I'm like, I'm going to try a couple of those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- that's what I love, though. Yeah. I, lo- I mean, even even going back to as simple as like when I first started going on stage after hearing his out al- David Cross album, yeah. I mean, I was going up doing my own jokes almost. It would almost look like David Cross was doing an impression of me. <laughs> Yeah, doing yeah, like yeah. an act where yeah. I would go up and I was like, well, that's how you talk. And then, you know, maybe that's how everybody starts or a lot of people. And then you eventually go, oh, this isn't, I actually don't move my arms like that. And I actually right. don't oh, yeah, use yeah. that yeah. phrase. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not that person. You kind of absorb pe- your people for a while. Yeah. Yeah. You kind but, of move through people. But I, I think that that's what I love is that then as you, you know, as you progress through whatever the fuck this is you then start to break Come down channeling yeah. and you go oh well, that's there's a style there yeah. you know you, i feel like maybe you start to understand it a little better and well, yeah, because if you like wanting wanting to try different like you know i'm not a storyteller yeah but if someone's like hey your next album or whatever your thing is like why don't you try to be a storyteller like I'm not, but that kind of excites me to be well, like, well, how it. do I pull that off? Right, you For, know? as you. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. yeah, that's like, you know, the the last special, not the one I just taped, but, but it informed that one too. I'm like, I'm going to do, like, because I used to just, like, I always left a lot of room, you know, so I could just fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm like, that's my style, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to bring a pad up. It. And, that's yeah, my favorite. Right, me yeah, too. Yeah. And I did a special like that, and it was pretty good. Uh, I liked it, and yeah. it was the style. But the next special, I'm like, I'm going to do a tight fucking hour, yeah. and it's going to have callbacks. <laughs> right. I'm going to have fucking callbacks, yeah. and I'm going to know exactly where I'm going. Yeah. And I just worked it like that. Yeah. And and I thought it would be boring, and it, it sort of wasn't, because there was a distance you could get. Like, when you wing it, which is what I like to do, and I always leave a little room for improv and yeah, still, and uh, but, but when I started to do these last two specials, I'm like, why don't you just try to tighten this thing up? And that becomes the challenge. Yeah. Not sort of like, I'm going to leave some room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm do you say- find, though, like when you do that, when you're like, I'm going to tighten. Yeah. Do you then find like it, you kind of get something out of it? Whereas like when you go into a show, you're not like, well, we'll see how this goes. You kind of are like, oh, I, I kind of know how this is going to go. And that's exciting in its own way. Whereas before 
you maybe were like, well, if I already know how it's going to go, then what is exciting yeah, about but the, but it? But, the, but you like what you're saying, though. Yeah, I guess. But like, what I realize is that like, you don't ever know how it's going to go. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah and, yeah. and a lot of the times, like when you say like, I don't know how this is going to go, it's just to protect yourself from being scared. <laughs> right. Yeah you, yeah. you know, like, and then you go out there and you just kind of like, Bleh! and and of course that's going to get a reaction. Yeah. But what you don't know when you do it that way is whether that's going to work again. Right. Yeah. 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 So, like, to make something, like, I, you know, be, because I got more responsible just because I figured, like, I've been doing this half my fucking life. Yeah. You know, why not put the effort in to, <laughs> to tighten it up? Yeah. Like, you know, because I know guys that are professionals and, like, you know, like, Louie, he don't talk to the audience. He's not going to riff up there. Yeah, yeah. And he looks at it as, you know, like, I, this is my job and every year I'm going to write this hour and I'm going to polish it and do it and that's the package. Right. And I'm like, well, you know, like, what is that? And But, it, you know, it's, it's pretty fucking daunting yeah and i'm like well i can do that then so so the the satisfaction comes from actually making something you, you know ultimately we all have our acts and, and we're counting on it to work right right but but to really sort of like to for the for the excitement to be like well i really like this joke and it works great and uh and like i have room in it like you know now i can deliver it without it being so immediate and like life or death yeah because i've built it out because i think even if you work like you and i do you know the jokes at work and then you can kind of go fuck off right yeah yeah but you don't i don't know if we appreciate them as much as we should right because there's something about callbacks and about packaging the th putting the thing together where you know like i'm gonna bring this back later yeah. and it's gonna blow it up i think my but, regret is i some of those jokes that i really love that i fuck off with yeah. i'm just like oh man who knows who knows where that could have actually gone right and i just fucked off with it so much that i finally got to a point where i was over it yeah you tired had it I out maybe actually crafted it yeah you know who knows maybe i would still get tired of it but you'd never see the true potential i oh yeah i used to do that all the time i do conan they call me up to do panel back in new york when they'd like need when they had someone didn't show up like i get it <laughs> right. and i'd go up there with half jokes like i just premises so i do panel yeah and like he'd save it or eventually i'd find something there's so many times i've been on tv where i'm like that joke's so much better now <laughs> That's like half the joke. <laughs> right. Right? So that used to piss me off. But in this last special, the one I just did, I was working with an hour and a half, hour 40. Yeah. And I really needed it to be, they wanted it to be like 70 minutes right. max, 65, yeah, yeah. 70. And up to the two shows before the fucking taping, I was still at an hour and a half. Yeah. Like I, that last week I'm like, well, I got to get this down yeah. to 70. So I had to do like, I got to go like that whole part of that joke is out. That's hard to do. I know, but like I was surprised where I, at this point in my career where specials aren't necessarily that special. And, you know, I got paid well. I don't well. know if they are for, I mean, right. I know I'm here like talking about mine, but at the same time, there's so many specials. Exactly. You're so, like, ah, so it's, it's almost the wrong word for it. Right. So it's just a job, right? So it's like <laughs> right. what we, it's part of what we do. The product a, we make. Right. And yeah, it's a yeah. great thing. But like what, it's not going to make or break me. Why right. not just make it good? And like, it, I was so matter of fact about it. I'm like, um, this is going to go, this is going to go. And I, you know, I want, I had a through line. I had callbacks, you know, I knew where I wanted to end up. I wasn't sure if I wanted to move this thing to the end or whether that thing was going to go. But in the last two shows before the special, I, I fucking made the cuts and, you know, I, I got it in my head how it all fit together. Clicked. Yeah. And I did yeah. it. And yeah. I wasn't freaked out about it. And I knew that the shit that I'd chosen worked. And that was that. Oh, that it, is. That's huge. Yeah. And it came in at seven, like at 70. Man. And that I was like, is. What the fuck? I, that, I had to like go back and in the edit, take stuff out, which is so painful. I did that the last one. Oh, and it's God. like, were you doing like a minute that like <laughs> anything? Yeah. Even like a pause that was too long. It's yeah. like, well, there's two or three seconds. Yeah. You're just like. It's the worst. I felt you feel like. 
like Gary Sinise in Apollo 13 looking for any power he can find through his combination of buttons. You're like, where can I pull any amount of time out of the this this stretch of jokes? It's brutal. And but yeah. so, it's weird whether you do it in the editing room or whether you do it you, you know before you do the show, it's usually better. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, yeah, the yeah. only one that knows. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, and the audiences that saw the longer version. That's the thing we always forget, too. Yeah. You're like, oh, you're the only one who truly knows yeah, yeah. what you think it could have been. And at the same time, what you think was great. Like, no, let's put it out there at 80. And then people are like, I thought it was a little too long. Like, right. Oh, shit. I could have right. not been. Yeah. I think you do. Is this your first one? This is the second one. Yeah. So the first one, I was completely DIY, put up my own money, and I was like pretty confident that I was like, if we don't go crazy with the budget and we're super conservative about the spending, that someone will, I can make that money back. And maybe I don't make money, but yeah. maybe it's whatever. And we, we sold it to CISO, and so it got however much attention you right. could get with CISO. Sure. At the as time, much as anything as can get. Right. Yeah. And I, but I think the, the, the cool thing about, where I'm at now and having done the things I've finally gotten over the idea that anything is going to lead to some big thing. Yeah. I think I now just look at it as like, well, if anything leads to one next thing, that's it. And that's kind of the best you can hope for. And you know, some people in this world, they do one thing and it leads to a super huge, big thing. Right. I can't even in my own fantasies of my career. I can't even picture that happening or what that would look well, like. Well, exactly. What is a super big thing now? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Who the fuck knows? Right. Yeah. Yeah. If I someone's mean, like, "Oh, you put this one thing out, and now you're selling out all these theaters, and people are ha- giving you offers for like acting and stuff," at, when you're starting out, you truly think that's how it works, right? And then you finally start to realize, like, oh, it's and I, I, I feel like I. I feel like there's something that Roger Waters was saying about uh, Pink Floyd, or maybe himself specifically, where he realized everything we're creating, this isn't the audition to eventually create this thing. We're in, the, we're already in the middle of it. Yeah, we're and doing I, it. I think I started to enjoy this a lot more when I was like, oh, every day, even if I'm going up and someone's like, you know, go up and do eight minutes. Like, even that eight minutes is, this is today, right now with this crowd. And I don't yeah. know who's in that crowd. Right. But it is an opportunity for someone in that crowd go, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to invest in this dude the rest of my life because I, I think I, I sync up with where he's yeah, at. Yeah, and yeah. it's even at a, a at a shitty show with like, you know, 15, 20 people. Yeah, exactly. There's, and I, I think I started to realize like, oh, quit, quit downplaying stuff and quit thinking that the bigger yeah. stuff is big. Like, yeah. who knows yeah, this is anything? It. This is it. Yeah. You either enjoy it or you don't. And right. that, that made it, that, that made going into these specials feel so much better like oh fuck yeah there's cameras yeah but honestly once we submit the final edit and people can see it who still truly gives a shit because by the time the the public can see the thing i created it's there's over. no question i will absolutely hate it <laughs> so who cares tonight with these cameras on i like this but by yeah. the time this is edited and there's coloring and all in it however do we finally sell it yeah I will 100% hate this. But it'll also be a year ago. It's not even a matter of... Exactly, exactly. It's not even a matter of hating it. You're like, oh yeah, I did that. I'm glad people are going to see it, but like I'm now, you know, I'm I'm now working at the post office. I have election (laughs) jokes in my special because it was October 1st. Yeah. And people were like, you know, by the time this sells, wherever it sells and wherever it ends up, you know, that that stuff's going to be outdated. And I was like, I've thought about it since day one. I was like, when I watch it, I cringe. But I got to be honest, the night that we recorded that, that no. was my favorite thing. Sure. And it feels dishonest to take it out. Right. I was I, like, I, I think I got to leave in the thing where I was when I did it. Yeah, I think that's good. I tried to do like the last two specials. 
I tried to. I I don't talk about current. I try to talk about anything but current events. But no, in the last one, just because like everyone can do those jokes, right? You know, it's very like if you're doing specific jokes about things that happen in the world, there's a 98 percent chance that someone else is doing anything on that level of topical, right? But this special, there was a couple of things that I did that were not they were not election jokes, but they were specific to what we're living in now. Yeah, and I thought they'd hold. Like I, I thought they were broad enough to hold. So like unless, you know, he has a stroke or is pushed out of office or the right. world ends, right. I think this shit'll still be okay it'll in October yeah, yeah. or September, whenever the fuck they put it out. Right, right, right. I think it'll still be relevant. I think so too. And yeah. even if it's not relevant, there's no way anyone has forgotten what today feels like. Right. But yeah. there but it, there is that thing that you do want it to be something fresh. You like the, you do want people well, I don't want you to second guess yourself. It's, it's Oh, that you. there's no way to avoid it no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> there's no matter there's nothing that could be said that would make me do or not do that. But I think that's true though about the job and about like the opportunities it really isn't about the next big thing so much especially if you're a comic because the one thing that we're afforded that other people in show business are and is we can just always work mm-hmm. you know we're not waiting for a role right like we can go out tonight and get a spot and right do the thing but it's just that like there are jobs that we are able to do like you know like i'm going to be on a talk show i'm going to do panel on a thing i'm going to host this thing right you know yeah i'll do that goofy part in that thing and then i'll do my stand-up those are the jobs yeah so like as long as you can keep doing those jobs yeah, yeah you're good yeah Right, I think I I think you also get to that point where you start stop thinking about your perfect track record of the things that you put out there. No one gives a like, shit. Like oh, but I but I don't want to do anything until I have my own thing. It's like well, that's just not realistic. And also, no one cares. And also, no matter how big you think you are, the majority of people do not know well, who you are. Well, right, that's the <laughs> fucked up thing about the way the media landscape works now. It's like you know, I've done like five fucking CDs, like five or six specials. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've, I've been on Conan fifty times, Letterman four times. It's like, right. nah, all right, you know, like, I, like I fantasize, like I'm going to put it all in a giant box set, and then we'll see. Exactly. <laughs> I'll show you who I am. That's exactly <laughs> the train of thought that you just, you're always, the, the box set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Narrow it all in. So I'm like, I don't care. I'll just YouTube this shit. I can get all this for free. I'm not buying your $100 box right. set. Of- I used to talk to Schwistle about that. I'm like, let's just put my first four CDs in one box. You know, we'll wait, do wait, a cool wait. box with now. You know no. what the risk of that is? Is that you do it and you sell twenty? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you and you've what? manufactured all of yeah, this hard you got, copy. Right, you're in a fucking garage yeah, full cool of shit. Cool design. Yeah, of it's the great. Case. Oh, no one cares. No, yeah. it's over. Yeah, no, yeah. no one needs to hold anything. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. no one even has the machines that takes for up that too anymore. Much space. That yeah. needs to be digital space. Yeah. But you did. Uh, you did. Weren't you on a big? Uh, weren't you? Didn't you get the the sitcom shot? I did. We, it, I was on a, a a show called Ground Floor on TBS, and that was like probably that was my first and I think yeah first uh, kind of like hey you're a regular yeah. on this thing and you have a job and that but how many episodes did you do uh, we did two seasons for a total of twenty episodes and what was that what's his name's producing it uh, uh, Bill Lawrence yeah yeah, he, yeah like yeah. he he likes you right yeah, like Bill yeah he's great like, I mean yeah. he 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 saw my stand up he was like I I have a role in this thing and you should come and do it so I got to go in and in front of him and the casting director kind of read the part and he was basically like well I'm gonna try to get you to. I think you should do this. And, yeah. You know, there was in this world of acting, very few people are like, hey, you should. I've right. got a thing for you. You know, yeah. you think it's a door you can't knock down. Yeah. And then someone like Bill comes along and he's like, no, I see the value in you and I'm going to put yeah. you on my thing and it's going to work out. And 
I mean, my character was just the 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 goofy weird weird office weirdo. Yeah, it's like oh, I got it. I can yeah. easily. Well, I mean, I mean, comics have always had a place in at least the, you, know, you know situational comedy on television. Hundred percent. They're they're yeah. like, well, that that's the guy. He's already the, he's already fully yeah. baked. Yeah, <laughs> put him in the. I thing. feel like I feel like every show has you know, it, and then maybe there was a different term before, but I just look at it like a Kramer. It's like yeah. every show has a Kramer. Like oh, you're the Kramer of the yeah. show. We're not. You're you're probably never going to have any A story. Yeah. But we need you to deliver the jokes when we go to you. Right. Oh, yeah. There's all and that's, yeah, there's... I, mean, I, I, I absolutely. I used to make fun of like the multicam format and I used to be like, ah, it's so horrible. And then, right. you know, I was working on an idea with BJ Porter and he was like, you know, well, one of the greatest shows ever was a multicam. So are they that bad? And I, then when I did this one, what I was, was he like, referring to Seinfeld? Seinfeld. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, you're, you're right. It was like multicams can be cheesy and horrible, but they can also be good. Like there could actually be a style to it. Well, yeah, they are it, what they are. I mean, you know, yeah. two and a half men and, and Big Bang Theory are just fucking vaudeville. Yeah. Yeah. Just and, like, here's your stage. And even as like uh, the person showing up, it's like, well, do you do you love that paycheck and that parking spot and that schedule? And after doing a multicam, I'm like, I, I really do like that parking spot and that <laughs> yeah. schedule. I like how all yeah. this panned out. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I don't have to write it. And I'm, yeah. like, I'm at home at a reasonable hour. Exa- yeah, exactly. And yeah. I and I like that show. The cat. I mean, if you're on a show like that and you you like the whole cast, it's kind of like uh, it, it. I mean, anybody who has a job like that that complains about it, like the, you must have had a pretty blessed life. If right. You're complaining about this. And right. This is your job. Yeah. I've never um, done one. I've never even done. I don't think I've even done a guest appearance on a multicam. I've never been on a set like that to to do uh, like a show like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like where you're on a stage and like I've done talk shows, but yeah. I've never done the the guest spot where I walk in. And I'm like, hey, how's yeah. everybody doing? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. yeah it it's got, you know having the live audience is uh it's is like great because I was nervous about it as an actor, but then you know as we've had you know so much training in the idea of like oh if they're laughing oh yeah I'll just hold and yeah, as soon as they yeah, do, then you I'll know how to time yeah, it yeah exactly because like, in our heads we're like oh yeah sure you can you can act you want to be an actor go ahead and act right I'm gonna wait until it's <laughs> they're almost silent and then I'll say the next thing right at this yeah, perfect yeah. moment because I know it innately yeah, exactly it's what I do for a living yeah exactly is wait for the laugh you're like well it's not a believable acting it's like well I wouldn't know how to do that anyways I just know when I should say this line and hopefully they laugh again so yeah getting that job and yeah. like being like hey this is your first uh uh acting role i was like oh this definitely even to this day it's helped me be like oh i'm in this setting of acting and i oh those are cameras those are terms but those they, are people's jobs to learn it in a setting that isn't so daunting and intimidating right i think it has helped me as an actor to go shoot anything it's like oh, i kind of know what everybody does yeah, now well, and i understand the schedule right yeah, yeah well even when i did my own show there was not a live audience so like i couldn't i didn't have that luxury i would like to know what that feels like yeah to, to get to, the instant like feedback well yeah to do like because like i don't know if i felt that since i did a play in high school like (laughs) yeah you know know what i mean like that's really what it is is that you have the skill set and and you i guess uh, in getting that job you realized you had the skill set it's sort of like oh they just wrote me this funny joke and like and even that like even just doing like i'm gonna do their joke yeah yeah like i mean i did stuff that other people wrote but there was no audience there so you don't know how it lands right to actually have the script and be like no that seems funny yeah it's not my joke but 
they I, they have confidence in it. Yeah, like they'll go out and you just delivering someone else's yeah. joke and having it work. That must be pretty good. Well, I think I think that's what people when someone's like that and when an actor can look at something and they know why that is a joke. Yeah, I think people are like, all right, well, this should land then. Yeah, because he the, he gets just saying I understand why this is funny. It's like, well, then you should know how to say it. Yeah, <laughs> you know why it's funny. You get the whole structure should be right there, and it is right. Yeah, a hundred percent, especially in. Uh, in that multicam, the joke, the setting. joke, sitcam, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you're doing so many takes in front of a live audience that if a joke flops, you know it's unfortunate. But someone can come in, the writers all come in, they go, all right, well, what's a better tag? What's a better while line? the audience is sitting there, while the audience is sitting there, and also they could have throwaways pre-written, being like, ah, eh, you know, in in rehearsals that one never landed. So maybe it, it lands and we didn't, no one was interpreting it right. But if it doesn't land, here's five other options. We right. Can like come in. Well, with. that would drive me nuts. I think that that must get some getting used to is just knowing that they're, the audience is just sitting there waiting. Yeah. Like, because they know what the story, the score is. But as a right. comic, you'd be like, hey, don't worry. We're going <laughs> to yeah, yeah, second yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, did you have to do that stuff? You know, it, we never had a, I mean, it was never on my shoulders to do that just because it wasn't like the, who my was, show. Who was the funny guy that was managing the crowd there? You, they had a, you know, a warm up guy who was doing like, you could which have is had that insane. job. Oh man. I, that's a comedian's job. I've done, I did warm up on a, uh, on a, on a game show that they were trying out. It never became a thing. Yeah. I, went, I didn't know what warm up was. Yeah. And I was, oh, I was like, Oh, this is good money. It was in New York. I went into a studio. I had no, I didn't even know what doing warm up was. So I was like, oh, I guess I just do my act. Right. And I went out and I, it was jokes that I, I shouldn't, it was like, I was doing jokes that I'd be doing at like a bar show. Right. right. And people are, some, you know, sometimes people laugh. For, Every for now and then show? someone was like young enough to be like, oh, okay, I get yeah. it. Oh, yeah. that's funny. But yeah. most people being like, well, this is inappropriate. <laughs> like, what the fuck is he talking about? And I just basically just kept eating shit to yeah. the point where they're like, yeah, anytime the camera stops, you got to go out and uh, keep everybody alive. And sometimes the camera would stop and I'd be like, ah, we're probably going to reset quick. I'll just, there's no need for me. I don't want, I don't want to get in the way. You guys are trying to get your thing done. It's and you can tell people are looking at me like, we're paying you to go do this. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, I, I was, it was one of those jobs where I was like, you don't have to pay me. I'll just leave now. Yeah. And we both know this didn't work out. Right. I won't care that I was here for free for a little bit. I got some chicken tenders at Crafty. I'm yeah. fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> Your show will more than likely never become a thing because yeah. it's it's a game show. <laughs> so it's already starting in a tough spot. It, but that's like such a unique job. It's crazy. There are guys yeah. that have done it forever. There are like, you know, cl- I should talk to one of those guys, like just the warm up guys. Yeah. I will say anytime I've done like at midnight or I've seen Brody do it, yeah. I'm like, oh, it's yeah. it's only then was I like, oh, you could enjoy the way that he does it. And I mean, it's his, his style of, right. of being funny anyways. But after seeing that, I'm like, oh, if someone hired me today to go warm up a crowd, I would just try to do my best Brody impression for as long as possible because that is perfect. Yeah, like, it's like that uh, energy, the way he gets right. it going and he's being funny, but he's also, hey, here's what you should be doing and then I'll make a joke, but don't fuck around and do exactly what I said. It's like, oh, that's that's perfect. Right. There's sometimes you have stage managers that do it, but like shows yeah. like at midnight and so like Don Barris used to do Kimmel. I don't know if he still does, but like it's definitely like, hey, rouse the energy. You know, you really <laughs> got to be a coach. Right. Yeah, like yeah. an audience coach. Yeah. It's a very specific thing, and it, 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 every time I see it, I'm like, "Oh, this is a tough gig, man." Such a the, tough gig. The and warm up guy, and also you got to think for a multicam, like like we're saying. I mean, 
you're sometimes there for six to six to eight hours. Imagine keeping an audience alive for six to eight hours. You're like, I've I've done all my my gimmicks. I don't know what else to do. Crowd just work. play music. Well, then I guess they get <laughs> locked into a, a thing they know that they can you yeah. know, do for eight I, hours. They find their eight hour act and they're rewarded handsomely. Yeah, it's a it's a union gig. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. you get the full thing. Like uh, Eddie Brill used to do Letterman. You know, I I remember those guys. I I wasn't cut out for it because I would be self conscious. Like they don't like me. It's yeah, like, it's not about. You. Yeah. It's like, well, then I don't know how to do it. I'm not even good at just hosting a mic. I, yeah. I go out and it's, it feels the same way. I'm like, ah, I'm ruining the show. Every time I host a mic ever, yeah. the moment someone comes out and we're shaking hands, I'm like, yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> if you bomb, it's my, it is my fault. Yeah, I sucked yeah. the energy. I, out the I ruined this crowd. I fucked it up. Yeah, sorry that you came down here tonight. <laughs> but you're one of those guys that, like, you know, I've seen you a few times and, like, you, you, uh, you'll either do... Like, there are guys that'll do their act or they'll do, uh, you know, like a jazz set and just <laughs> right. yeah, fuck yeah. off for God knows how long. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it's fun. So you, you do that. You I know? try to do that. Yeah. I mean, I prefer it. That's what makes, that entertains me. Right. And then if, if it's in front of an audience that gets on board with it, it's like, oh, great. This is one of those nights it all worked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, if, sometimes if I'm trying to do something like that and it's not working, I'll fall back into that, you know, yeah. the act and be like, all right, these things will work so I don't feel like I wasted right. too many people's time. Well, that's how, I used to do that to build the hours is like, go the Steve Allen and rent it out right, for yeah. a night and just sort of like two hours of me rambling on finding it yeah yeah, yeah. I don't know how to write other than that I I, I can't I, I always uh, you know when I started people were like I go to a coffee shop with my notebook and I write and I was always like oh one day I'll be able to do that because I can't do it now me but I, I reflect back like I was a really bad student I never wanted to put in the time yeah. But I also think I'm a little bit better if my back is against the wall, and it's right. like, well, clearly when you're on stage, that's, it's, it's put I'm, up or shut up now. That's right. There's no stalling. You either that's do or you it, don't. Yeah, and it's going to come from wherever. That's yeah. it, like uh, that's I, I'm exactly the same way. It's like you're cornered. You corner yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm a funny guy, and I know that's what I have to do. So it's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's and it might not happen. be an A plus. I'll no. get out of it, and I'll go to the next. It thing. It might be but... getting out of it that's funny. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so I've, like, I've 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 built many jokes on. <laughs> hoping a joke bombs so I can do this other version. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, because then you, you just like, you, you put it out there, but you, that's where the confidence comes in if you write like we do, is that you know even if it's not working, you can make light of that. Right. And they'll be okay with it. Yeah, yeah And yeah. move on to the next idea. You're not just going to go up there and tank. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, you're going to be able Especially to- Especially when you point it out. I think all you got to do, people always said like never comment on a joke, but I was like, you know, if you if a joke bombs and you comment on it, the crowd is almost relieved to be like, oh good, he's not a psychopath who well, thinks well, that then, went well. But, Right, but then you get into that nuanced area of like you know, being lazy or being disciplined or like doing your act or not doing. Well, if your act, everything, if every single joke, you're like, well, now I got to talk about how that didn't work. It's yeah. like, well, now that's either your act or that's right. It's not going well, right. and you're not admitting it. Right. Yeah. 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 I don't. Sure. When I look at an hour, I don't know. I don't ever know where it comes from. Yeah. Like a, you know, there's no, there's no paper trail. Right. You know, like, what? How'd you write that? Like, I don't know. I don't know yeah. how. It all happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, people say like, well, if people are like, well, what kind of comic are you? What do you do jokes about? It's kind of like, well, I don't, there's literally anything I think of that's funny. I try to do that on stage as long right. as I can. Right. Until I hate it. Yeah. Well, but that, it isn't like I'm specifically like, you know, I got, I don't have anything on the church. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not like focused on any specific yeah, thing. I, I try not to say that when people are like, what do you do jokes about? Like, no, nah, I don't do jokes really. I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not a joke guy. Yeah. 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 But you're a comedian. Yeah. But like, I kind of talk through some yeah. stuff. Like this doesn't sound like a good show. You're not really selling it. You're on one of those like, five minute yeah, nobody... you know, radio show phoners. Like, so what do you got for us tonight? Right. I'm working on some stuff. <laughs> 
I got some space. I got some open space to fill. Yeah, I left a lot of room open for tonight's yeah. Saturday show. Right, I'll see how they respond to the feature, and then I'll kind of guide it from there. So, All right, well, it sounds like a good time. All right, we got two free tickets tonight. You know why they're free, and you know why they're available. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know how much of that comes from. Like, I, I still don't know what if the, the root of it is insecurity. Like, you're just protecting yourself from you know the inevitable possibility of failure like yeah. no, i'm gonna wing it yeah, yeah you know yeah. Like, it can only you know so if you if you if that's the sort of bed you make you're like oh who knows like anything could happen yeah 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 Ugh. but i think it's also to build a career out of it yeah it's almost like i i think at a certain point if you're starting out and you're like ah, i just go up and wing it and we see what happens people are like all right so maybe you are protecting yourself right but i think if you can build your career out of that style it's almost yeah. It's it great. almost turns into oh no, I I actually have the talent to wing it. Sure, right. Even You're though gonna... it's I do admit and know that it's lazy. Right. And maybe I could do that much better. Right. I am capable of winging it, and we all seem and, to go home happy. Right. It's entertaining. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. I do the job. Yeah. How right. much winging it is on the new special? Uh, not not a lot. This one start. I mean, all everything I've ever done started out as winging it. Right. But this one, uh, because with my first special. I did not prepare for it very well at all. I think I went and did two clubs, and I was like, that's kind of the act, and then we'll edit. You know, we have editing power. Right. And it was lazy, and it was, it was I, I think that special was uh, a C plus, B minus. Right. At its best, there's B minus moments, and then at its worst, I don't think I do as bad as a C plus. Right. I didn't fail. I passed right. the class. Yeah. <laughs> but with the second one, I was like, well, we're going to, you know, someone else is putting up the money. You know, Third Man Records put up the money for it, so I felt a little more responsible to really rein it in, and I was like, you know what, let's tour all of september and i'll kind of have the hour ready but then that will really solidify it and so as soon as i got a laugh i was like all right i'm that urge to go ah, let's maybe i'll say one more thing about yeah, it instead yeah. i was like don't you fucking asshole just say the next thing and i kind of got used to that style it's not I don't think it's so much me, but I, I left a little bit of room for, for playing in the special, but it was more like these worked and I did it the way Third that they Third Man worked. was involved in this new one? Yeah, so they, they produced it. For Third Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding. So I, we did it on our own and then we went to them and said, this is the, the finished product. We know you guys like to make your own, but I just, I, 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 I like the idea of artists kind of making their own thing. I think it gives it more character, gives it more personality. That's why yeah. I did my first one that way. And uh, if someone said, well, so-and-so will give you this much money, I mean, one, you probably never need that much money to shoot a special. Is this but... the first video uh, film special they did? Uh, Third Man, yeah. 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 So I, I, I did they... a vinyl with them forever ago. Yeah. Uh, forever. It's like three years ago. And then I uh, I went to them and I was like, I know you guys like to experiment. You seem to take all this stuff and you make it cool. And I have no idea if you ever want to get into film. But, you know, if you do, this is a great first step into it because I, I was like, I'm at a point in my career where you will make your money back. Right. I know that you will. Yeah. I don't know how much the profit will be and I have no idea where it'll end up, but I know that you won't lose anything. Did Netflix buy it? Netflix bought it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I think it's so, so it worked out. Third Man was like, yeah, it worked out. And I was like, I wrote Ben uh, Swank at Third Man. And I was like, I, I got to be honest, I didn't know that it would end up here, but I was like, that's kind of what I was hoping it would. And then it did. Uh, Everybody, so. Everyone got well. Everyone did all right. Yeah. So I was like, I feel like I, I, I didn't let anybody down, but I, yeah. I went into it. And luckily, like I said, they're they're awesome. Well, good, man. So uh, I'll watch it. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> I'll check it out. Yeah. Thanks for talking, buddy. Yeah. Thanks, man.
That's it. That's our show. That was Rory Scovel. Before that was Maz Jabrani. Before that, it was rambling, me rambling about Sam Shepard, going off on a couple tangents, doing a couple ads. A Sam Shepardless planet. Yeah. Yeah, I, look, you guys, go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF pod needs. Get on the mailing list. I'll mail you something. I'll, I'll play a little guitar. I, I'm not very inspired lately. Boomer Lee.